0: The focus here is to help you find the strength and support to help you feel lighter, happier, more positive and in a better frame of mind to face the inevitable challenges of your current journey. It gives me great pleasure to introduce you today to Maria Pentec. Maria is a divorce lawyer who is practicing, who has her own practice actually, in West Cork in Ireland. And she also consults with her clients on how to better communicate with your ex-husband or your ex-partner in order to have the best possible resolution from exiting your marriage. So Maria, thank you so much for making some time to chat with us today. I really appreciate it. Not at all. Thanks Um, for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, I wanted to share with our listeners a little bit about your story. I could use my words, but I'd much prefer to hear it from you. Would you mind telling us a bit about your story? Yes, sure, no problem.
1: Um, so yeah, I'm a I'm a divorce lawyer. I, I um, help separating divorcing couples uh, here in Ireland through the courts. Um, I set up my own practice almost seven years ago. I qualified, oh, I think twelve years ago now, um, and I've always really worked primarily in family law. And particularly since I set up my lo- my own firm, I'm specializing in that. Um. I also about a month after I set I set up my law firm, I separated from my husband. Unbelievable! Um, mm-hmm. It was a busy year, twenty fifteen. Terrible
0: timing.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, look, it just happened um, the way these things do. Um, so I suppose, yeah. At the time, we had well, we have two two children. At the time, they were early teens um possibly 11 and 13 thereabouts they're now 18 and almost 21 wow. so they're, they're young adults now making their own way in the world um yeah and i suppose through going through separation myself and with my dealing with my family law clients every day that really led me to set up elevation which is my, as you said, my coaching business, where I help women to, I help separated moms to communicate more effectively with their ex-partners.
0: I remember when we spoke, you told me that because of what you'd seen through the court's um, processes <laughs> and through your clients and their journey, that you had made a very specific decision not to make the same mistakes that you'd seen others made. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about those mistakes?
1: Yeah, um, I suppose the nature of the work that I do is is, it's court based. So you're kind of starting off from an adversarial position and then you bring in all of the emotions that go with separation, all of the hurt, the pain, the what sometimes turns into resentment and bitterness, sometimes betrayal all of those things they're such strong powerful emotions absolutely um and they really do they're they're normal they're human emotions but they really do get in the way of going more easily through a separation yeah um i suppose that i had seen <laughs> i'd seen the court process i'd seen the good the bad the ugly of separation and divorce And yeah, I was pretty determined. I suppose I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know what way I could do it better, but I knew that I didn't want that.
0: Yeah. What was your specific decision then?
1: The one thing, I suppose, that I didn't quite know what I was doing at the time. But looking back, it's the one thing that kept everything together was that I kept at the very forefront of my mind all of the time that I wanted this to be amicable. I yeah. wanted to be able to have a relationship with my ex-partner after during and after separation. I didn't want to see my kids to see us arguing and fighting over right stupid stuff or big stuff or any stuff.
0: That intention is so important, isn't it? What you set out to achieve and reminding yourself Actually, I'm trying to make this amicable. It really can um, create a different path for you. Um, and please, I'm, I believe it did, right? It, tell us you've got a happy ending. To, to I can.
1: Very, yeah. Like, our, as I said, our kids now are 18 and 21. Um, my youngest son actually just moved about 30 minutes away to take up a job and live with some friends. So he's, for the last two weeks, he's he's moved out. Oh um, wow! Still close though. Oh no, yeah, very close. So. <laughs> good. <laughs> I'm trying not to mama bear him too much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, so our kids are older; they have less need of either of their parents. But yeah, I'm happy to report that myself and my ex are still really good friends. Um, we went for lunch a couple of weeks ago for no reason, just to catch up and
0: you know, checking with each
1: other. And we do check in, you know, to do anything to do with the kids. We're, we're checking in all the time.
0: This is a personal question, but have either of you gone on to other relationships?
1: I have. I have. I've had two relationships in the last seven right. years. Right. Um, my ex, I think, has had one, but maybe not so serious.
0: Okay. Mm. Okay. So backtracking a little bit, I'd love to know what made you decide to go into divorce law? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's a, I, I've spent a lot of time in the courts and I feel I've spent a lot of time writing court documents, but I'm mm. not sure I was ever attracted to doing that as a job. So I'd love to know what drew you to divorce law. I, I, I
1: I'm not sure if it's a combination of something I kind of fell into and something I think that was probably fated. Um, I didn't I didn't start studying law until kind of later in life. Um, Well, I was I was pregnant with my eldest daughter when I started working as a legal secretary. And the only reason I started that job was because I wanted a nine to five job. I'd been working in hotels, bars, restaurants up to that point um and i just fell in love with it oh wow and i kind of started studying on my own pretty much straight away wow and the firm that i was working with at the time um and two of the lawyers that were working there were doing a lot of family law so i fell into it in that way got it um and realized that i was pretty good at it
0: um, yeah, clearly, if you've been able to set up your own practice, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> you don't have to be shy about that or <laughs> <laughs> modest at all. Thank um, you. So, Sid's thinking about, um, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you've seen the spectrum of of where that, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I think you said. Mm. So I'd like to talk about the good because I really do want to focus on, I think everybody can see the slippery slope and how easy it is to, you know, uh, ex bash and, you know, blame and name and blame and shame and all of those awful things. Yeah. But it's really hard um to keep that intention of, I want to have an amicable relationship with my ex husband, which was your intention. My intention was very much, I need to protect myself and the children uh-huh. and at whatever cost that is. Um, Unfortunately, I don't have an amicable relationship with my ex-husband. I don't have a relationship at all. And that's a real sadness, but mm-hmm. the children and I are safe and well. So that's yeah. that was the intention. Um, so just thinking through what you've seen, can you tell us were there any common themes for couples who managed to navigate their divorces well? I know that you saw it through the court perspective. So maybe there mm-hmm. were lots that didn't have to come through the family courts. Um, but what, what were some of the common themes there?
1: I suppose if I look at my my client base overall, the 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 easier divorces are probably those mm-hmm. where there are no children, first of all. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I suppose it's the it's it's the chil- children need, require you in most cases, not all to maintain a connection with your ex of some yes. sort. You can't delete them from your life as much as that. I think all of my clients, if I could do that, I would be. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I suppose that's the easy answer for for those with children and those better divorces and separation. It's it's communication. I'm, and I'm talking about I'm I suppose I'm specifically not talking here about situations where there are domestic violence or coercive control or addiction issues you know that's a whole other subject and absolutely yeah
0: yeah absolutely there's there's a lot of I think one of the wonderful things about um, the last, maybe 10, 20 years, is the access to resources now for mental health, for mm. domestic violence, for, you know, we we do have a lot of options to be able to get support in those spaces. And I love, I don't know if you saw recently, um, in the news in Australia, there was an article about the rise of coaches helping people through divorce so this this is an industry yeah. that is growing mm-hmm. and I think that's fantastic too not just because I'm a divorce coach but because it means that there is so much more support for people as they go through and different levels of support yeah. of course you know your legal support is required a therapist if you are basically those those really big issues and then coaches to help you know navigate you through that journey absolutely oh, I,
1: and I think there's um it's a it, you know it's it i've heard it from there's another coach that i know who she helps um women to transition out of sporting careers and right. a great question that she asks and that i've adopted is who's on your team um right. and i've you know i really i i put that question to my clients now because it's such a lonely place going through separation you we all think that we're the only people Who are experiencing these emotions and these particular set of circumstances and that nobody could possibly really understand what we're going through. And of course, that's that's not true, but it doesn't make it feel any less lonely. That's right. So having the right people on your team is just crucial. I
0: I, and you've lost I team it. members along the way as well, right? You no longer have access to your partner who had previously been on your side. You no longer have access to the extended family or the mutual friends. So your support yeah. crew or your access to support crew has has also minimized. So it, it has, and, and everything's yeah, everything's lonely.
1: changed and up in the air. As yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, yeah, but there's a lot of empathy around. Um, so, yeah, bringing people together who are going through a similar journey um, I think is really important, mm. especially if you can set that tone right. You know, I, the Facebook groups where people start talking about their narcissist ex or whatever, it's not helpful. It's if not If you can helpful. find a space that's the right tone, it makes such a big difference. Um, so you've mentioned a couple of times about clear communication and mm. that's really the focus of um, your co- Coaching as well could you tell us a little bit more about that maybe you could bring it to how you and your ex-husband have been able to navigate what did you do or what were some specific ways in which you've communicated that people can learn from
1: yeah um well uh, I, as I was saying to you um before it definitely it's just through my work as as a lawyer that I really noticed it uh, that started noticing that communication or lack of communication was probably the number one thing that I could see that got in the way of um, parents being able to parent and people being able to separate amicably or just more peacefully Um, and I started, I think when I started noticing this I, I did a blog about it probably about five years ago Um, and I just wrote a little bit about my tips on communication as, as I could see it. And it was interesting. It was so interesting because what happened was one of my, the clients that I had at the time saw it and read it the day that I posted it. And she rang me and she said, Oh, Maria, I've just seen your, your blog and it's really interesting. And she was going through at the very early stages of a contested, contentious divorce and they had one child together. But she said, I've I've read your post and do you know what? I think I'm going to try it. What do you think? And I said, what are you thinking of trying? And she said, well, we've been fighting about access. And we had I think we had myself and and her ex's solicitor had exchanged quite heated correspondence about access and and issues surrounding their daughter. So she said, Marie, I'm going to try it. I think I'm going to con- I'm going to call him. It was Christmas time. She said he's he's asked for A, B and C over over Christmas. I'm going to give him a little bit more wow. and then see what happens. And I was like, you go for it. And, you know, I think that's a really good idea. You go for it. Let me know how it goes. And I think the message that I was trying to put out there was that, you know, if you can give a little bit as hard as it is because we want to hold on so tightly mm-hmm. to everything mm-hmm. cuz you're we're in that scared lonely place yeah,
0: scarcity mindset as well yeah
1: yeah um so my kind of my my overall message was you know give a little bit see what happens take a chance yeah so she yeah. gave and her ex was blown away like he was not expecting this because up to that point there had been yeah nasty letters back and forth And from that point on, in their divorce, I won't say that it was plain sailing. There were still financial issues and different things to sort out. But not once did we ever have any more correspondence or court applications to do with their child.
0: Yeah, amazing. Your blog post, you said you wrote it about five years ago. Hmm. Is that something I could link in the show notes? Yeah, I have to, go, go and find All it. Right, great. I'll get that. I'll get that link from you and put it in the show notes. Awesome. <laughs> you were able to transform someone's life with that blog post. I want to read it. Um, <laughs> that sounds great. Um, so just thinking through that scenario with your your client, or and um, thinking through lots of different scenarios. When Do you have any suggestions on when it's better to use lawyers to communicate and when it's better to do it yourself? Like finance is notwithstanding. Um, mm. Nobody wants to pay lawyers just to write a letter that could be an email. Yeah. But at what point would you make that suggestion of, you know, definitely put this one through? Do you have any suggestions or am I being too broad with this question? No,
1: I, th- I think in general terms, from, from a legal point of view, I think the earlier that you can take advice, the better. I yeah. think it's important okay. to get that advice straight up so that you can yeah. get all of the information that you need and then make informed decisions going forward, whether you that's right use your lawyer to, to do everything or to do a bit of, The correspondence and understanding your
0: options is critical. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, after that, it's, I think, I suppose this is why I've set up elevation because I think after that point, at the early stages of separation, and you know, later, if it hasn't gone so great, if you can establish a basic foundational framework of good effective communication where you're not at each other's throats and where you can have Mm -hmm. a conversation that doesn't turn into another argument or fall into whatever pattern you may have had with your ex during your relationship that's going to cut down immediately on the need for for lawyers to get involved over the nitty-gritty bits and it's kind of again I suppose another one of the reasons that made me want to set up Elevation was because I was dealing with stuff in the courts that was like killing my soul yeah I can imagine (laughs) I'm you know getting letters from solicitors saying oh my god Tommy came home and they had dirty fingernails and why did you why didn't you wash his hands the school bag
0: was dirty or whatever yeah Yeah. or the
1: new t-shirt that I bought her wasn't sent back and how could you and you know it turns into a massive
0: thing and in a very expensive argument about and very, expensive. Not very much yeah 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 Yuck. okay so now I'm thinking through you know those arguments that happen about lunch boxes or t-shirts that weren't returned and mm-hmm. um, I think all of us have been in positions where our our ex-partner has behaved in a certain way that has made us feel quite explosive right we're triggered we want to um (laughs) we've all been there yeah yeah exactly a thoughtless message a call a way in which they've responded to you whatever it is has really triggered something in you do you have any tips then to help someone when they find themselves in that in that position I mean I have oodles and I have quite a a lot of that in in my course but I'd love to hear if if you've got any key takeaways that they can um use today
1: for me, if I could, if I could sum it up as briefly as possible, and what helped me, just that kind of mantra that I repeat to myself is: respond, don't react. Respond,
0: don't react. Yeah,
1: yeah. And oh, that is easier said than
0: done. One hundred percent. Act, don't react. One of the um, one of my mantras through all of this was um, when they go low, we go high. Like doesn't matter how terrible his behavior is. It doesn't matter what is going on in that house. I don't have to participate, yeah. you know. And I, it was probably around the time of you know Barack Obama being in office and Michelle Obama, that that statement of when they go low, we go high. It's like yes, I needed that right here, right now. That was one of my mentors. Yeah, for sure. that's a
1: good one. um so it's like yeah it is so much easier said than done and the way I describe it to a lot of my clients is you know when they're they're coming in they're saying oh my god he did this or she did that um I'll say to them look it's you're in a game of tennis it's it's like the game of tennis your ex has just picked up his racket or her racket and they have lobbed the ball over the net into your side of the court what you are you do gonna do to yeah. you have a choice you pick up you yeah. can pick up the ball you can lob it back and you can keep the game going for as long as you like um or you can leave let the ball bounce put down your racket walk off the court and, walk and go and off off the spend court. a
0: nice time with your children yeah see ya <laughs> It is a choice. i'm not playing this game yeah this is bullshit
1: exactly and it is a choice but we often in the moment we don't realize we have a choice we just it is instinctual it's human nature to want to defend
0: yourself or that's true yeah it's also very compelling in the moment to think I have to respond to this because the lawyers will need a record of what did I respond with or the court will need to see that I behaved you know or that I did the right thing and often it's just not true it's just not true um you know keeping that making that response no matter how justified that you feel it is it does just keep that game going yeah. like the, the reality court. is
1: i don't know i don't know exactly what what the um family law system is like in australia i have a little bit of knowledge of it but not a good, you know a full understanding but certainly in ireland you know i i often have to say to people when we get to trial if we get to trial and by the way, ninety percent of my cases do not get to trial. I have them, <laughs> which is a good
0: thing, I assume. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> we
1: get agreements Just in joking. place before we have to go down that road. Yeah. But if and when we are standing in front of the judge and you're, and we're asking the judge to make a decision, the judge does not give one hoot about who's behaved badly, who's done what, right, um, who has you know, used swear words when they were talking to you disrespectfully. That's not what they're there to decide. They're not there to micromanage your behavior, your adults. The yeah. judge is going to be concerned about who am I, you know, how, who are these people in front of me? How long have they been married? What assets do they have? And how am I going to divide them to make sure everybody's looked after as best they can be?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's funny the the way you just said that. I was like, oh, that's my permission. I could have sworn and been horrible <laughs> if they didn't care. No, no. <laughs> um, but you're right. That's not that's not the job the job of the um, the judge. I, I'm not familiar with Australian law in any depth either because my mm-hmm. divorce happened in Singapore, so we were both expatriated mm-hmm. at the time, which made it even messier still you know with properties in Amsterdam and Australia and living in Singapore is just a huge mess and we went to court lots and lots and lots um uh but I hear you I hear what you're saying you know the the swearing the the way in which you behave to the other person doesn't necessarily draw let's say it's the ex-husband for example example in my case doesn't necessarily draw a bad picture for them it doesn't affect what they're going to get in the end it really doesn't I mean
1: yeah like obviously if there's you know bad behavior in terms of as we said the domestic violence issues or or that's a whole other problem but yeah you know a judge doesn't care whether you can speak civilly to each other or not they're going to deal with the case on their docket and they're going to move on to
0: the next case
1: um but it is so important because you are the person who has to live with this afterwards and yes. you're the person who has to try and bring your children through through it intact, as intact as they can possibly be.
0: Yeah, that was critical for me. Definitely. Mm. Just focusing on the children's experience of this. I do. Yeah. They don't need to see me behave in a terrible way. Like, again you know when they go low we go high that's not what's happening yeah
1: and then that's hard Rebecca because you're trying to manage all of your own emotions like you're a human being and you've been through an ordeal and there are a lot of emotions a lot of strong powerful emotions that go with that indeed but not only that you're putting probably putting those on the back burner to a certain extent because you're you're trying to make sure your kids are okay and you're trying to make sure there's food in the fridge to make school lunches. <laughs> That's <laughs> like right. life goes on, and the it's... practicalities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And really, I've all we want to very, do is get good. onto the duvet and you know watch yeah. Netflix and cry.
0: <laughs> I've gotten very, very good at acknowledging my emotions, but not necessarily reacting to them. Yeah. So you know what you were saying earlier. I go act and react. And what was your phrase? Respond. Don't react. Respond. Don't react. Yeah. I understand you have another intake for your program, Elevation, coming up. Um, would you like to tell us a bit more about that and how people can find you?
1: Yeah. Um, so, well, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram. Pretty much um, they're the best places to find me. That's where I show up most I'll often. I'll definitely
0: put the links in the show notes for awesome, sure. Thank you. <laughs> um,
1: so, yeah, Elevation. My 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 current offer in Elevation is a group, group coaching program. I take in a maximum of 10 people at a time. It's a nice, small, intimate group of women, mothers who are going through or have gone through separation um, and they just want to try and do this better and learn better communication. Um, So I have at the moment, I have a six month program and the first six weeks are spent learning some really key foundational communication skills and tools and then there's six months after that of ongoing weekly support um, in the group. There's a live call each week. There's a private Facebook group for for daily support if you need it. Um, so you can make you can practice the skills that you've learned, put them into practice, show up each week, and and grab a grab a hot seat one on one coaching with me in the group. Um, see if you're you know what's working, what's not working, and what might need to be tweaked a little bit.
0: Amazing! I love that. I feel like we're we're very complementary, right? Yours is yeah. very much focused on the communication. Mine is very much focused on um, emotional regulation and resilience, uh, and less so about you know the words to use or the way in which to frame an argument. Or um, super complimentary. So, uh, just wrapping up. So, is there any single piece of advice that you would give our listeners in order to do divorce right moving forward?
1: I think. It goes back to what I said before about that big picture, that setting the intention. Mm-hmm. I think, Set if, the intention. Yeah. yeah, if you don't, if you don't know where you're going, you don't know how to get there. And, you know, it it's like goal setting. You can't, if you don't have a goal, you're not going to know what steps you need to take to get to where you want to be. So, I would say try and figure out where you want to be. What do you want it yeah. to look like specifically? What's, who what, what's, do you want to be? Who do yeah. you want to be? How do you want to show up for yourself, for your kids, for your ex? Um. What, specifically, things like what's what's going to happen at your next kid's birthday? What's mm-hmm. going to happen at Christmas? How do you want that to be? Do you want to be able to be in the same room as your ex-partner and exchange the basic, courteous, civil you know, greetings, that might be your goal. That's totally fine. Not everyone wants to end up friends with their ex and that's totally fine too.
0: And not everybody gets to choose to either because of Mm -hmm. course your intention has to be about yourself. You can't control another person. No. So as much as you might have that intention of, oh, I want us to both be there at the the next birthday party and we'll have our partners along as well. If your ex isn't on board with that same intention, that's not going to happen. You can't control them but I love that, you know, setting an intention for who you are, how you want to behave, how you want to be seen is so lovely. I love that advice. Thank you, Maria.
1: Yeah. I just, just on that, I suppose I would agree that you, yeah, I I say this to people all the time. We can only control ourselves, our own behaviors, thoughts, emotions, all of those things. That's the only thing we have control over. Mm -hmm. But when we show up in a, a better way, in a more intentional way it does have a knock-on effect and it might not immediately be with your ex but when you start doing this kind of work and and being intentional and communicating the way you want to communicate when you know when when you can figure out what that is and then go and do it it does have a knock-on effect
0: yeah absolutely I feel that the universe responds doesn't it Yeah. yeah Yeah, that's nice. Um, I certainly feel that I was given a lot of reward for the way in which I behaved through, through my divorce, and I'd set that very clear intention of who I intended to be, and, you know, I've been able to reap this beautiful life at the end of it that at the yeah. time I could never have imagined. It could never have imagined. Um, mm. But here we are, which is wonderful. Maria, thank you so much for your time. I can't wait to get this episode out to our listeners. Um, I will put everything in the show notes and um, I can't wait to connect again. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thanks for listening. I hope you took something of value out of this episode. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and you can find me on the web at dodivorceright.com or on Instagram at dodivorceright. I look forward to connecting with you there.